When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. The panel. Regular panellists uh, back this morning and James Regan and Ross Carl and uh, plenty to uh, get through too in the next uh, quarter of an hour or so. And uh, Ross, I'll begin with you with uh, the selections uh, for the Test match tomorrow. All Blacks and Ireland really essentially only making one change each, which by today's standards is quite damn unusual, isn't it? It is, especially when you look at what the Springboks are doing, changing entire squads over. Um, but, you know, it's, it's good to see that they're staying true because we need to see the All Blacks consistently playing similar sides week in, week out if we want to know who the best team is come the Rugby World Cup and have some cohesion there. So I'm a big fan of that. Uh, I do find it interesting that, you know, last week it was all about strengthening the line-out and this week um, they've got Dalton Papali'i. Uh, I thought maybe they might bring in a lock for White Lock and leave Scott Barrett where he is even though Papa Lee deserves his shot because he's played so well. Uh, that sort of surprised me um, in saying that the tackle count of the loose forwards is going to be off the charts this weekend with Sam Kane and Dalton Papa Lee on there, so that should really help with the defensive workload. And the speed of the game too, Ross. We know exactly what conditions they're going to get because they're playing under a roof, of course. So uh, the speed of the game with uh, effectively three guys who can occupy a seven jersey, you throw Adi Savier into the mix, speed that Ireland are going to have to somehow nullify. Absolutely, and we saw last week when they click, they're really unstoppable. So whether Ireland can do that and whether they do that by neglecting the All Blacks ball um, like they did in Dublin a couple of years ago or last year, um, that would be uh, one way to go. I think that, look, this All Black team to me looks like a really good one. It looks like they know when to strike and how to strike. I think the kicking game is working pretty well. Uh, it's really encouraging to see how they're going against a really strong Irish team. Okay, James Regan, uh, what have you made of the two sides? What are you expecting? Yeah, well, I'm I'm definitely glad that Ian Foster's pretty much um, stayed the same. I think the way they kind of ran the show last week, Quinta Pyre and Rico Iwane in that midfield were were outstanding. Um, and the, you know, as you say, it's under the under the roof in Dunedin, which is great. So hopefully they can they can get a bit more ball and and kind of do what we know they can do, especially Iwana. He's been so good for the Blues this year. So really looking forward to seeing um, how it plays out with, with the conditions. And, and Ireland, I think, will we'll step up as well. I think we, we want to see a, a decider in Wellington, no doubt, but Ireland are going to have to step up and they're going to have to bring something pretty special to, as Ross said, beat a, a really good-looking all-black side across the park. Like, there's hardly a weakness in there at the moment bearing in mind the, the players that are out as well. So really looking forward to it. Always love a, a test in Dunedin uh, in those conditions, and, and it should be an absolute cracker. Yeah, and half an hour after that, the second test between the Wallabies and the England kicks off too. Uh, this one in Brisbane. Uh, and Dave Rennie, uh, James, has uh, made seven changes. So 
He's doing, still doing what uh, we were doing in terms of rotation. Yeah, yeah. Some of them um, he's had to make because of injuries, but he's kind of brushed it off and said that you know we'll be sweet. He's um, he's bringing the mind games, I think, a bit there, Dave Rennie. But certainly both sides' depth will be tested, which is kind of what we want to see. Last week was a bit of a clunky game, it felt like, with the cards and everything um, being the first game of the series as well. So hopefully we get a, a bit more of a gauge of where these two teams are at. And as we say, the, the depth will be tested. Um, but certainly the Wallabies, you know, you wouldn't go against them at the moment. With Dave Rennie, he, he's such a good coach. He gets his team firing. And Eddie Jones is under the pump as well. So hopefully we get a, a bit of a cleaner game and a better game um, this weekend and um, get a bit more of a, a better understanding of where both these teams are at um, in terms of their squad depth as well, looking ahead to the World Cup. Ross Carl, how much uh, pressure do you think Eddie Jones is under effectively? Do you think uh, England will be patient with him? Do you think it's a done deal he'll take them to the World Cup in France? Well, he's under a lot of pressure. It's hard to tell with Eddie, isn't it? Because he, he laughs it off and he cracks jokes and he creates mind games and little diversions and distractions about referees, etc. to really stop people talking about exactly what the problem is. And the problem is that for the last four games, the team hasn't looked that good. And they're certainly not the powerhouse that we were expecting them to be off the back of the last World Cup. We thought, do we, do we have an area here of, of England looking like the, the string, strong team in the Northern Hemisphere? But they're, they're really not. And they're coming up against, I think, a Wallabies team this weekend. And you mentioned depth before. A couple of years ago, if you'd made seven changes to a Wallabies side, they would have been toast. And this time around, the players they're bringing in are looking pretty good. So I feel like there's still going to be a lot of pressure on this England team based on the Wallabies team that goes on the field. And I'm really keen to see how Jordan Bataille goes at fullback. The safe way to go probably would have been to put James O'Connor there. But Bataille is such an athlete and such a comer. It would be great to see how he goes in that position where having a player like him or Israel Palau has suited the Wallabies in the past. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing the pressure that he can put on the English defensive lines. Absolutely. It would be interesting to see, um, actually, if uh, they bail out of Super Rugby, as they're trying to threaten to do, uh, how much depth they would continue to have uh, Australia, whether it would uh, still be there. Interesting. Anyway, uh, we'll take a, a short uh, news break uh, with uh, Araha now, and then when we come back, uh, Ross Carl and James Regan, uh, we might talk about a prospective uh, Warriors coach, uh, a bit of boxing and perhaps a bit of tennis as well. Talk, big opinions, the panel. It is uh, Ross Carl and James Regan with us this morning on the panel and it uh, seems to a done deal now, James Regan, that Andrew Webster has uh, reportedly signed a three-year contract uh, to be the ned- next head coach of the Warriors this uh, a day after Broncos confirm Reese Walsh signing there. Another turbulent week to absorb. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's never dull, is it? Never boring with the Warriors and the NRL. Um, yeah, it looks like Andrew Webster's going to be announced. Cameron George is speaking to media this afternoon. Um, so it looks like that is a done deal. And regardless of what, what, what's gone on in the past couple of weeks, I think you probably have to give a bit of credit that the Warriors have been able to do this pretty quickly, given that other clubs are in the market for a coach as well. Look at the Bulldogs and the Tigers, how long they've been, they've been after a new coach. So fair play. And it looks like Andrew Webster is, is the man for the job. He's obviously got experience with the club, which I think... Is pretty huge, um, given the Warriors are a unique. They're a unique club, right? Um, and and everything that goes with the Warriors 
you're not just coaching the Warriors, you're coaching rugby league in New Zealand. You are the, the shop window pretty much of rugby league in New Zealand. So you'd have to think that that is a big part of his appointment. He gets the club, he gets the culture, and he probably gets where they want to go. Um, but regardless, th- this is a massive, massive appointment for the Warriors. They cannot afford to get this one wrong. They'll be coming home next year. They'll be maybe given next year to try and get their shop in order. But after that, the coach is at the top. He, he has to take this club forward, not just the team, but the club. He has to take them forward. He has to turn them into a development club. We need to see juniors coming through, and Andrew Webster will need to be a big, big part of that. And I think that's a large reason why he's got the job over a potential, potentially a couple of other candidates. Is he, he might have a good understanding of that. Penrith obviously have a really good junior system, so he'll understand what's needed to get one up and running. And that, I just hope, I hope they're right. I hope they're right because it is a monumental decision that they've made. How do you view it, uh, Ross? Uh, it's come a little quicker than I actually thought. Um, the, the appointment of this head coach. I, I thought they just might have, um, unless Stacey had said absolutely no, absolutely not, Stacey Jones, um, and, unless they, I, I just thought they might have given it a, a, another month to play out. Yeah, it, it felt to me from the start that Stacey seemed a little bit uncomfortable with the role as head coach, like he'd want to be bringing his skills and his thoughts to the table and not necessarily being the top dog. That was just the gist I got from him in the early press conferences and to me that felt like someone else would come in. I'm just really glad that they've gone with a coach on the up because we've seen it work with Cleary, we've seen it work with Anderson. You know, when you think about the appointments of Matt Elliott and other people like that, when they've gone with journeymen, it has really blown up in their face. They need someone with new ideas and a new direction and I think the great thing about Webster, and I think James alluded to it before, is he's seen what not to do at the Warriors. He's also seen what to do at Penrith. So he's got some experience there that we can really get some backing up from. Um, It feels to me like that's a really good appointment. He could probably lean on Ivan Cleary a little bit for some ideas on what worked there, um, which is nice as well. So it feels like it's come quickly, but I think that's a good thing as well. They need to move on. They need to make some decisions and they need to carry on because the longer we labour in this season and deal with the problems that are happening week on week, it's it's just becoming difficult for the fans to fathom, even if they come home and get a win. Uh, so much pressure on the CEO. That press conference yesterday was brutal. Some of the questions asked of him, they were basically saying, you know, you guys ruined the club, you and the owner. Is it time for you to move on? And and he was having to face those kind of questions. That's some sobering stuff for a CEO to put up with as he makes decisions like this. And then he has to face another media conference where similar questions will come at him again today. Boy, there's some pressure on the top brass. So they have to get this right. And hopefully this one is one decision that is a good one. Yeah, well, I'll put it to bed, I suppose, once they make an announcement. I, I, I feel for Cameron George in a lot of areas, actually. It's not... It's not that common that you uh, can't even get to your own office for over a thousand days and expect to do a 100% job with all those personalities, all those uh, differing cultures and their people who are dress- desperately homesick, people who don't want to leave home anymore, who change their mind along the process. So I'm not sure it's the, uh, uh, it's, I don't think it's a cakewalk CEO of the Warriors at any point in time really, but this particular period has been particularly turbulent. And scary, actually. Um, I, I open my next subject here with the word bugger, which I'm probably not allowed to say, but I will, because uh, Ross Carl, 
bugger, David Nika out of the Commonwealth Games with a hand injury. And there's a guy, I, I really, um, I like David Nika and I think he's a hell of a boxer. So, and that was a medal uh, out the window, I think. Yeah, look, he's one of the nicest guys you've met in New Zealand sports. Um, I've had some issues, I suppose. He's now 4-4 four and four as a professional fighter, and this is an amateur competition. And I, I do wonder whether he should have been there in the first place. I, I know that COVID has meant that certain competitions haven't happened on time and allowances have been made, but he's a professional boxer, training professional camps and going into an amateur competition, and to me that doesn't sit well. So... Uh, you know, yes, it's very sad for him, and yes, it would have been great to get three gold medals, unprecedented, but, you know, really, should a pro be fighting at the Commonwealth Games? I would say probably not. Okay, interesting uh, perspective there. Uh, James Regan, uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I have to tend to agree a bit with Ro- what Ross said. I think if you're David Meeker and the opportunity's there to get a third Commonwealth Games gold medal, then you go for it, right? But um, I think in the long run as well, this might help him. He'll get a bit of time off. Um, he won't be in the in the Com Games environment, which is, you know, um, stressful and then high pressure and high emotion. It might just give him a bit of time to to recover and, and rest after what's been a, a you know quite a busy few months for him. Um, and it might just give him a bit of extra time to sort himself out and kickstart his professional career, which is what we want to see, right? We, we want to see him fighting all the time and as much as he can to get that experience under his belt. He's shown that he can do it um, in this past couple of fights, which has, been, which has been pretty impressive. And now he just needs to, just needs to take that next step. So it might, there might be a silver lining in this. It would have been amazing to see him get a gold and... Um, kind of complete that amateur journey the way he wanted to. It's not going to happen, but, you know, everything happens for a reason. I think there might might just be some positives in, in this that he can take. Um, but now now we, we want to see him kick on, right? This is this is what, this is the business time for David Mika. He needs to kick on. He needs to get a few more fights under his belt when he's, when he's healed um, and get back into camp, hopefully, with, with the likes of Parker and Fury that can take him to the next level. So all the best to him. Well, if everything happens for a reason, James, then uh, I can't quite find the reason why um, Nick Kyrgios has got a free pass to the Wimbledon final, but he has. So uh, we'll just see how this uh, pans out in the early hours of Monday morning. Kyrgios v either Djokovic or Norrie. What do you make of that? Yeah, well, I think it's great. I think it's great. Um, it would have been good to see him play Nadal, no doubt, and I, know I would have liked to see Nadal go all the way. Um, and remain on track for that uh, that Grand Slam, that, that calendar year Grand Slam. But as we say, Smithy, everything happens for a reason. You never know. Kyrgios might go on to, to win this one. But um, look, I'm one of those that says it's great for the sport. It's great for tennis. We're talking about Wimbledon because he's there and he's making it entertaining and he's having a go at the, the media and, and engaging with them, which you want to see, right? So... Uh, I'm all for it. I would have liked to have seen him, of course, play in that semi. I don't think anyone should get a free ride to the final, but that's the way it is. And, and good luck to him. I think uh, good luck to Cam Norrie as well. Hopefully he can make that final with that Kiwi connection. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I, I think it's great. I'm all for it. Feast of uh, sport to watch on Sky over the weekend. Rugby um, all the way through. And, of course, uh, the NRL in, pro- in progress uh, but tennis, of course, in the early, early hours of each morning, uh, Ross. So, uh, and I'd imagine Kyrgios will attract uh, some fair ratings on both sides of the Tasman. Yeah, people love to watch him, don't they? Because he's just loose. 
he's loses anything. I, I do wonder about the rules in these Grand Slams. You know, if a player pulls out, surely someone else can be pulled in. There's got to be a way that you come up with someone who is the, almost the best loser scenario so people still get to see that game and a player has to earn their way into the final and not have, you know, that freshness that um, Kyrgios is going to have over, let's face it, probably Djokovic. Having played less games and, you know, being able to go in nice and fresh, I, I just wonder whether there's a way that they can figure that out. Maybe the highest-ranked person who lost in the quarters has the ability to stick around for the semi-final and they ask them to stay an extra day just in case. It would be great because you want to watch two semi-finals. <laughs> you don't want to watch one. And I'm sure that people would have turned up to watch no matter who um, Kyrgios is playing. So, yeah, I wonder whether that's something they should look into. Okay, thank you very much, fellas. Uh, have a great weekend watching uh, all the delights in front of us. James Regan and Ross Carr were our panel this morning. Another one, of course, uh, on Monday morning. Thank you. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.